0: Gotta rewind. Thank you, dude. I have an Easter joke and I forgot to even tell it last service. Yeah, you don't know. That breaks my heart because it's a good one. No, there's there's this minister and he was doing his Easter messages and he thought that he'd get contemporary and he brought a bunch of kids up on the platform and he'd ask them questions about Easter. Now, anytime, let's just face it, anytime you get kids on the platform and you're going to ask them questions, danger. Okay? But but he got, he, got, he got him up there, and he's, at, and, and, and he's just rolling, right, man? Things are going good. And, and, and he says, "And today we're celebrating resurrection." Does anybody know what resurrection is? And little Johnny, he, Johnny, come here. You take them tell, tell us what, what is resurrection. He goes, "Well, I'm not exactly sure what resurrection is, but I know if you have one that lasts for more than four hours, you got to call a doctor." <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay, let's pray. <laughs> I love that story <laughs> cuz it's true. Here's the deal. We're not, we're not kind of we're, we're we're not really traditional. So So I don't have so, We're not going to talk about empty tombs and stones being rolled away. It, it's powerful. Because we wouldn't be where we are. Okay? It's powerful. But the deal is, is that a lot of times when, when we start talking about resurrection stuff, we, you know, our mind goes back to you know, over 2,000 years ago. And, and what God did there was phenomenal. But it didn't stop there. The resurrection that God wants you to have a collision with isn't something that happened, but it's something that's happening. Because the resurrected king is resurrecting me. Okay? He's breathing life into things that once were dead. In your in your world, in and in, and in your in your life. You know, in Romans 8 it says that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if it can get if it can get engaged in you, Man, it's going to bring life back to to your mortal body, life to your situation, resurrection to your marriage, resurrection to to your finances, resurrection to your dream, resurrection to your hopes. See, the deal is, is that the enemy, Jesus said the thief came to kill, but Jesus came to resurrect, okay? He said the thief, he came to kill and to steal, but Jesus, he came to give. The thief came to destroy, but Jesus came to restore, and see, you can't be thinking that resurrection is all about some past thing. No, it's what's happening, and it's going to happen today. It's going to happen in this room right now. I promise you that there are people, when they leave this room in just a few minutes, everything in the world is going to be radically different. I'm telling you that the, that the life-changing power of Jesus Christ is in this place today, and he's going to resurrect areas of your life where the enemy's tried to rip from your grip what God has placed in your possession. And we get to we, we get to have the divine opportunity to to just i mean humiliate hell today and, and just kick him right in the crotch i'm talking about hammer the enemy today and, and just de, i mean demonstrate satan's defeat because he's he's telling people that you know that 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 that, that they've lost that it's over that that you, you know what i'm here today to tell you you ain't got to take that i said you ain't got to take that that's a lie from the pit see because the same power same spirit that was in operation when when, when Jesus rose, man, he's here. (laughs) He's here. And and he's going to be in you. And he can't help it but but to cause things that were knocked down to stand back up again. That's what resurrection means. It means to cause to stand up again. It's almost as to look at death after it's wore itself out. I mean, death just goes crazy. Wears itself out. It's out of breath. And you look over and say, you done? As soon as you're done, I'm getting back up again. Why? Because the resurrected king is resurrected me. And you ain't got me. You ain't going to put my dream in no tomb. Because the God I serve, dude, He's a tomb robber. I got this word, see. I got this word. God's words coming alive and Psalms. You know, it's, it's one. It's, 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 the first Psalm. It's one of those things that we learned way back when we were kids, and uh, uh, you know, across the hall they they would teach this. And but a lot of us, you know, we 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 kind of forgot it. We 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 kind of moved on or something and. Uh, But I want to take you back. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Listen to me. God's plan, man, if God ever gets his will in your life, you're going to live a blessed life. You're going to live a blessed life. But you know what? The choice today isn't will God do it. The choice is will you accept it? Will you walk in it? Will you receive it? You know, And, and uh, you know how God blesses people. It, it's, not, it's probably not what you think because a lot, of times, a lot of times we're expecting God to do things. No, he's already done it, and, and it's already available. But the, the, if you were in Bible school, they'd take you back and, and they'd talk about the law of first mention. And what that means is, is that you go back to the first place in the book that you find something mentioned, and you follow it through the book, and if it begins to repeat itself, then that is how God operates in, in that certain area. And if you were to study blessed. Okay, how does God bless? Well, it started clear back in the book of Genesis, in chapter 1. God took Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden, and he blessed them. And he said, so here's how God blesses. He speaks. And his word, his word's not just a promise. His word is filled with power. His word empowers you to do what it said. Adam and Eve couldn't have been fruitful. He couldn't have multiplied until God said, be fruitful. And all of a sudden, they couldn't help it. It multiplied, and all of a sudden the power of multiplication is released into the world. It's like when God said light and the darkness was interrupted. So blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You're not blessed because you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, but because you're blessed, you don't need to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. See, a blessed guy, he ain't listening to the world's opinion. Why? Because he has God's word on it right? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in in, in the way of sinners. See, the word opens the door to the way. God's word opens the door to God's ways. God's ways put you on a collision course with God's will. If, If you don't want to do life God's way, don't even worry about his will. But in order to get his ways, you just get into his word. And, and when you get in his word, you become blessed. And a blessed man, he ain't listening to the, to the counsel of the ungodly. And, and so that those words don't put him on a way that misses the mark. See, God declared the end at the beginning. And there is a way that seems right unto a man. But the ends thereof are the ways of death. You see, God's word leads him on God's ways. So blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So if you're going to live a blessed life, the first thing you got to do is realize Hey, you better be careful who you're listening to. Don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. Yeah, but that's a Christian dude. No, I didn't say unholy. There's a difference between unholy and ungodly. Okay? Because you can be a Christian. You can be a believer. You can be a nice guy. You can be a family member. You can be a co-worker. But still give ungodly counsel. Because all it is, is is advice that's contrary to the advice that God would give you. So, if you're not saying to me what God would be saying to me, then what you're saying to me is ungodly. See, if you're trying to tell me I should settle for less than God's best in my life, that's ungodly counsel. And I'm not gonna walk in that. Why? Because I have a word from God that says I'm gonna live in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. I have a word from God that He is gonna be for me, not against me. And if God's on my side, who gives a flying flip? Who's against me? I have a word from God that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, I can condemn. I have a word from God. So I don't listen to the words that are contrary. See, that's what a blessed guy does. And check it out. Go to verse 2. Check it out. He said, his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight. Man, he delights in the word of God. He delights in that word because that word's bringing him life. That word's bringing him hope. That word, God ain't never said nothing to you that was meant, to, you know, sent to crush you. God ain't never, man, maybe some Christian someplace did. Maybe they said something that hurt you. You know, shoot, I might have said something to you that wounded you. But that was ungodly. Because when God speaks, it brings life. It brings hope. It brings peace. And we delight in it. And he said he meditates on it day and night. He meditates. He's cleansing his mind, right? He's bathing his mind because we've heard so many other words. Now we heard so many other words, so many contrary opinions. So we meditate his word day and night. Med- why? Because heaven and earth will pass away, but my word w- will remain for God's word will outlast your problem. At the end of the day, God's word. Man, w- w- that, that word of hope, that word of peace, that word of victory, it is it's gonna be standing there when, when the storm has blown itself out. my God, day and night, look, at he's like a tree, who is, the blessed guy, he's like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, man, his his roots are deep, he brings forth his fruit in his season, let me just say this to you, today might not be your season, you sometimes we get all bothered because somebody else is prospering, somebody else is getting promoted, somebody else is getting a break, and you know, where's mine, hey, don't you worry about it, My season's coming. I said, my season's coming. My season's coming. Look at somebody, touch touch him and say, my season's coming. Hey, I might be a late bloomer, but I'm a bloomer. Okay. My my season is on its way. And my leaf is not going to wither. And whatsoever he does, going to prosper. Dude, I'd love to preach that for a while. Whatsoever he does. A lot of people are waiting for prosperity to come, but they ain't doing anything. And, and I mentioned earlier, you know, that in order, in order to activate kingdom principles, you, 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 man, you can't, you don't sit around and, and just do nothing. You, you got you to gotta engage. You know, if, if we're going to be reapers, then we need to be sowers. If, if we're going to get a harvest coming, some people are waiting for their boat to come in, the problem is they ain't never sent one out. You, you you want to see great increase come in your life? Be a doer, man. Get engaged. Make an investment. Take a take a risk. Trust God. Get in there and go for it with all your might, and watch what God can do. You know, I, I look around here this weekend, and, and dude, last service I don't know there, there was over twenty hands that were raised in, in last service, and I'm th- and I'm looking at the room, and it, and it was full last service. And look at the lives that were changed. And I and I know all the stories that didn't make the cut. Okay, I know all the stuff that's going on, and I look at this stuff, and you know what I think to myself? Dude, this is, this is like, you know, hey, we're, we're here. If this can happen through us, think what he could do through you. Anything's possible. All you got to be is a doer. Look at the next verse. But not so the ungodly. No, no, the ungodly, he ain't living blessed. There, is even, there might be a moment where it looks good for him, but it's going to crash. But here's what's crazy, is the ungodly are like the chaff, which is driven by the wind, They're like the chaff. Remember what they do? They take the wheat, they get up on top of the hill, and they throw it up in the air, and the wind would take the chaff. That's the, that's the hard part, the, the crusty part that's, that's not useful anymore. And, and, but, the, but the kernels of wheat would fall back down. See, here's the deal. How do I know if I'm godly or ungodly? I can tell if you're godly or ungodly by the way you handle a storm. See when the wind blows, lightweights are gone. But when the wind blows and the kernel falls back in. See, it just proves this. And let me just tell you something. Let me tell you this. Storms are coming. There's just going to be storms in life. Right? But and a storm can be disruptive. You can be disrupted by the storm, but not displaced. You can be disrupted not dislocated. Why? Because you're godly. The ungodly, man, they're they blown away. Doesn't take much of a storm to blow them away. And and the ungodly, look at verse five. And the ungodly, uh, uh, they don't stand in the judgment and sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Look at verse six. Oh, this is so cool. But but the Lord knoweth the ways. It's really good for somebody today. God knows the ways of the righteous. He knows where you're at, he knows what you're going through, he knows what you're facing. See, He's He's given you a word. That you're gonna make it. He's given you a word. That you're coming through. He's given you a word. You know how I know it? Cause you're still here. Yeah. See, you've been through some storms. You've been through some challenges. You, you know, and you and, and you know what? Sometimes just stuff happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And life life breaks up, and, and there's chunks flying everywhere. And the thing that we thought would carry us to the end, it ain't even around anymore. Right. Yeah, but you are. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yep. Oh, come on, somebody. You know, see, the the enemy wants you to think that you fell apart, you lost it, you didn't have that. I guess it wasn't true. Hey, shut up, devil. I'm still here. That might not have been my season, but my season's coming. I'm not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Why? Because I've got a word from God. And and even when death hammers it, resurrection life makes it stand back up again. Why? Because the resurrected king, he's resurrecting me. And he's doing the same thing in you and for you, and through you, amongst you, and by you. Yeah, but if, if God was in it, why would it be this way? What, 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 what happened? How come? How come we got to this place? You know, it seemed like if it was the will of God, it would have been smooth. Somebody's laughing. Because it's funny that we think that. Because, you know, God declares the end at the beginning. He doesn't take the middle into consideration. Why? Because that don't matter. He's taking you to the end. But why would it, if it was God's will, would it really have fallen apart? I don't know. Ask somebody who traveled with Jesus. Ask somebody who who understands the word of God, who gets a word from God that says, hey, this is where you're going. And when God says this is where you're going, guess what? You don't get to go any way you want. He says, this is the way you're going to get there. Why? Because his word reveals his way. And his way collides you with his will. There was a dude in the Bible, his name is Paul, and in Acts chapter 28, check this out, it says, and when, he had, when, when, when we were safe on the island, which that's kind of funny, when we were safe on the island, you got to go back and read chapter 27, because God had, God had revealed his will to Paul. Paul knows where he's going, but he's on a boat, and he knows the boat ain't going to make it, because they're in the middle of a, this, it, ain't, it ain't a windy day, they end up in the middle of a stinking hurricane, and the boat is, they're trying to tie, tie the boat together with cables and ropes. But man, the winds are blowing hard, and and the seas are out of control, and the the sap that's holding this sucker together is coming out between the joints, and and the boat's breaking up in pieces, and the very thing that they thought was going to carry them to safety is being broken up in front of them, and they're losing it, and it's all falling apart. But he had a word, hey, you might lose this ship, but not one person will come to harm. And, And he's got that word, but let me tell you something about the storm. It's still disruptive. I'm telling you, God, God gave him a word, and it ain't no, it's not going to produce any harm, but, but you're going to lose the boat. And see, and good Lord, I still guarantee you what his prayer life was. Help me, Jesus, right? I, okay, you said, it, you said we're going to make it, but good Lord, this thing's falling apart. Anybody ever been through one of those? You know, a relationship that just blew up and went to pieces, you know, and, and the thing that you thought was going to carry you into your destiny, and now it's not even a part of your daily existence. But God still somehow pilots you through the storm. And here you are on Resurrection Sunday, giving praise to Jesus. After a devil has done everything he can to take you out. Think about it. The devil who took his best shot you pop back up again we made it safe to the island we're at Malta somebody thank Jesus for Malta because we made it to Malta we come floating in on chunks of the ship man we're tired we're exhausted but we reached the beach huh You ever feel like it? Man, I reached the beach. It don't feel like the beach I wanted to reach, but I reached the beach. Okay, I was kind of hoping for white, sandy beaches. And I don't know if you've ever been to Malta, but it's a stony, crusty mess. But I've reached the beach. Thank God for the beach. And here come the islanders. Ooh, everybody loves islanders. The Bible calls them barbarians. (laughs) <laughs> and, and the barbarians are sitting there. And you know what? You, you know what's going on out there? It, it, on the island, hurricane. They ain't on the boat. They're on the island, and they barely make it. And they, they look out there, and they see a bunch of drowned rats coming on Sure. And they walk out, and they are amazed. Look what, Look what it says. The natives showed us unusual and remarkable kindness. They're blown away. You know there's people in your life that are blown away that you're still around. They're like, holy cow! What a ride, huh? And they pat you on the back. Don't, don't get too excited though, because the guy that's patting you on the back right now might be stabbing you in the back in just a minute, huh? These guys, look at them. They kindle us a fire. They build them a fire. Why? Because it's still cold. It's still wet. It's still windy. They're miserable. Let's let's be kind. Let's build them a fire. And and, and it it was beginning to rain and and it was cold and we're going to welcome them and we build them a fire. Look at the next verse. And and Paul gathered a bundle of sticks. Here's here's just an insight into into Paul's makeup. Paul's like, if you're going to help me, I'm going to help you help me. Maybe some of us should adopt that. If, let me give you just a word of godly advice: If somebody's going to help you, help them, help you. Because I know, I you know, I know a lot of guys. They would have milked this thing for all it's worth, right? They would have washed up on shore and, 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 and tired and exhausted and barely made it. And thank God for Malta. And here comes the natives and they build us a fire and we'd be like, "Hey, dude, could could you move the fire closer to me? Could could you bring Man, I've been through a lot. Tired of building fires for people who won't gather sticks. It might behoove you to get up off the couch and get some sticks. That's for somebody special. And as he was laying them on the fire, a viper crawled out because of the heat. Fastened (laughs) his Okay, we made it through this, and now that happens. Out on the storm, we're praying about storms. Nobody told me how to pray about snakes. You would think that when we, when, when we got that handled, and now we got to deal with this. Come on, I know I'm talking to somebody. You finally made it through the storm, and every man, you, you get to shore and people that you thought would be with you walking into eternity. they can't be found. But you made it. The ship is gone, but it makes pretty good kindling. You gather sticks and you put them on the fire. And it's not just a snake. it's a mean snake. Because a snake, you know, snakes are cold-blooded. So out in the wind and the rain and the, you know, the water, you know, all that, so that's cool. But get it next to the fire and it's coming out. Well, it could have just jumped out on the ground and went back to a dark place. But no. It has to attach itself to him. You do realize that not everything that has attached itself to you has done so to help you. You do understand that some things have attached themselves to you, and their intended purpose is to kill you, to fill you with poison, and to and to make you die. You do realize, you do realize that not everything that looks like a stick is a stick. But what you have to do is take the stick to the fire. See, what some of you guys need to do is you need to put the fire on it a little bit. You, you, you know what? It, it, the snake came out because of the heat. See, the snake, the heat repels the serpent. And you need to get the fire. You need to get the Holy Ghost involved. You, you, need to, you need to take some time and fast. Oh, God. You know, a time of consecration. You know, some of you guys, some of you guys uh, with some relationship stuff going. Time of consecration. What are you afraid of? Put the fire on it. Let's find out if it's a snake or not. Huh? Let's let's find out if its intended purpose is to help you or to hurt you. What are you afraid of? You know that business deal you're thinking about? Put the fire to it. Come on, go to God and pray about that sucker a little bit. I'm going to tell you something. Those snake bites, man, when it attaches itself to you, (laughs) the people who were celebrating you just a minute ago, not so much now. Look look at this. In in verse 4, when the natives saw the little animal hanging from his hand <laughs> He's a little animal. When they saw it, they said to each other, "Doubtless this man is a murderer. He's getting exactly what he deserves." Even though he's been through he was saved from the sea, but justice has not permitted that he should." They had a, they had a goddess on their island that they, that they worship. His name was Justice. And, and they looking at Paul like, man, you just made it through that storm. That's awesome. But then you, the first thing you do is put a stick on the fire and the serpent. But well, Justice, you must, you're a murderer. The, and so guess what they're going to do to help him? Nothing. Why? Why help? You're getting exactly what you deserved. See, the enemy wants you to think that right now. Let me tell you why this is happening. Because what you did. They used what he did to define who he was. And he had to make a choice. Am I going with God's word or with ungodly counsel? Because we got a a problem. It ain't a little problem. It's a real problem. He was a murderer. He was a Christian killer, remember? These guys on the island, I don't know if they knew it, but boy, they hit the hammer on the head that time. You know, it's hard enough to hold on to God's word when people are spreading lies. Wait till they start telling the truth. Wait till they start talking about what you really did. And they ain't got to make it up. But you have to make a decision. Am I going to be defined by what God said or by what I did. Because what I did is not what I is. See, if any man be in Christ, he's new. That old thing? Sorry. Well, did you do it? Yeah, I did a lot of stuff. But that ain't who I am. Hello? Yeah, you know, they're sitting here trying to trying to figure out why, why. You know, in in our line of work, you know, over the last 35 years of full-time ministry, you know, every time something, you know, we've seen some crazy stuff. You know, car wrecks that take people out on their way to their wedding. Babies born mongoloid. tragedy hits. You know the question that comes up every single time? Why? Why did that happen? What did they do wrong? What did they do wrong? Isn't it funny that every time something bad happens in your life, there's somebody who can tell you why that happened? Because they, they, can, ex- like, they can explain your pain. When the same thing happens in their world, they ain't got nothing to say. Don't you, don't you find it interesting that if two people lock themselves in a room late at night, and they're the only ones there but they're talking about you that somehow word gets back to you why because the enemy needs it to because he's trying to poison you why he's trying he's trying to get you to change your mind to, to, to move away from that word he's trying to get you to he's, try, he's trying to, he's trying to he's trying to he's trying to get you to, to receive the venom but Paul you know he's sitting there and he hears him talking and, and and he must be a murderer and he's got to deal with it because Dang it, he is a murderer. But I got a word from God, no harm. You get exactly what you deserve. No, that's why Jesus died, and was buried, and rose again. So I don't have to get exactly what I deserve. That, that why thing that you struggle with, let me tell you what that is. That's, a, that's the seed of guilt. See, we all live like we're guilty. I ain't guilty no more. We know what you did. (laughs) I don't care. Why? Because the resurrected king, he's resurrecting me. I don't know what bit you. I don't know what tried to poison you. I don't know what's trying to take you out. But I do know who's trying to lift you up. And I do know that the blessed man, the guy that's received the word from God, he doesn't listen to ungodly counsel. He doesn't end up on the way that misses the mark. You're not going to find him seated in the seat of the scornful. None. No, 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 His delight is in the word of the Lord. And he meditates that day and night, good times and bad times. I don't care how hard the wind's blowing. Man, we might have to get ourselves up in the middle of the night and rehearse what he promised again, but we're going to get it in us. Why? Because we're going to be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, and our leaves are not going to wither, and we're going to bring forth fruit in our season. And guess what? No matter what we do, it shall prosper. We're not going to be like the chaff that when the wind blows, we get blown away. We might be disrupted, but we will not be dislocated. Why? Because I got a word from God. The resurrected king. Bringing resurrection life to me. Look what he does. Paul simply shook off the small creature to the fire. See, the enemy is trying to take you out, but I'm here today to tell you you ain't gotta take it. You don't have to receive that venom. You can shake it off. Said you can shake it off. Are you kidding me? The ship broke to pieces, you floated to shore, you thought you had this dealt with, and then that hit you. Guess what? You're still here. I think I think you gotta throw yourself a party. Your friends ain't gonna do it for you, but you should do it yourself. Have a three day party. Why? Because you know what you've been through. You, you, you know, you know, you know how hard it was. You know what they said. You, but yeah, but I know what God said, and I trusted God and blessed God. Oh man, my day is coming. My season's coming. My season is coming. My season is coming. Look at verse 6. This is awesome. However, those guys, they were waiting. They were expecting him. They were full of expectation. You know there's people expecting you to swell up and fall over dead? There's people expecting you to have another train wreck. There's people expecting you, even though it looks like things are going good, just wait. He'll catch up with himself. There's people expecting you to fall apart. Why? Because your ship fell apart. Won't be long till you fall apart. There's people expecting you to go under. Why? Because your dream went under. Why won't you go under? They're expecting you to go ahead and die. Why won't he die? You know there's nothing worse than waking up in the hospital and the family members have surrounded the bed and they all got a shovel in their hand. They're expecting you. But after they watched him A long time. They changed their mind. You know what's up? It's kind of like a contest. Whose mind can we change first? See, if the enemy can use your circumstance, the storm, to change your mind, then you won't be around long enough To change the minds of others. But if you refuse to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, if you refuse to forget the word of the Lord, if you refuse to agree with the enemy, let me just share this with you. Don't ever lend the power of agreement to the enemy. When he says, you're going to die, you say, I disagree. When he says, you're going under, you say, I disagree. When he says, you're not smart enough, you say, I disagree. I have the mind of Christ. When he says, you're not strong enough, you say, I disagree. I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ, who's infusing me with an inner strength. When the, when, when the enemy says, your children are going to go crazy, you say, I disagree. For all my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. When the enemy says, you're going to shrivel up and die, I disagree. I will not die, but live and declare the goodness of my king. I disagree. And you shake it off. And you got people standing around, and they're expecting you to die. But after a while... They'll change your mind. They'll change your mind when you're having them to your place for Easter brunch. I'm still here. (laughs) Huh? See, hell is freaking out right now because hell wants you to believe that what you did has defined your future. That what you're getting is exactly what you deserve. But God wants you to know that resurrection life, it ain't about back there. It's about right stinking here. And that he can cause life to stand back up again. That even though the pieces Man, some of them are lost and gone and it's over. And you know what? You can't adjust. You have to deal with it. We're not talking about making an adjustment. We're talking about dealing with real life. He'll give you the ability to win and succeed in any given situation. Because the resurrected king is resurrecting me. And he's going to resurrect you too. I want you to close your book and bow your head. It's somebody in this room today, listen to me. He's calling to you. And up from the ashes, we will rise. <laughs> yeah, he's going to pick you up out of that dark hole. And you might not feel any different, but let me tell you what's going to be different. Everything. Because he's going to give you his word. And you know what? God's word can do anything except fail. He wants you to have this life. And some of you, you know what? We're all going to pray a prayer together. And I'm, I won't embarrass you. I won't have you stand. I won't call you out. But if you're in this room today and you say, you know what, Tom? I'm ready for resurrection life. I'm ready today to let God step into my situation and cause hope to be alive again. I'm ready today to shake it off, have a collision with the will of God, even even though I've been through the storm, even though everything around me fell to pieces, even though it seems like I've been bitten and and people have turned their back, but I'm going to connect with God today. I'm never going to be the same again because I'm going to let resurrection life resurrect me. And if that's you today, and say, I'm going to make that prayer my prayer. While nobody's looking, I just want you to hold your hand up there so I can agree with you today. Thank you. 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 That's all. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. You can put them down. Anybody else? Anybody else say, yeah, I'm not missing this. If God can bring resurrection life to my house, thank you. Uh, Then I'm going to say, okay, do it. I'm making this prayer my prayer. Yeah, but you don't know what I did. Man, it... That's what you did. That ain't who you are. It's time today to realize that he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of his peace, of my peace, was upon him. And by his strife, he's done it. He's taken it. I'm not guilty anymore. You don't have to be guilty anymore. Make this prayer your prayer. Anybody else today, and we're going to pray. It's awesome. Everybody in this room, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, I need your acceptance, I need your forgiveness. Come into my life, change me from the inside out. Give me hope, give me strength, give me vision. I choose to live for you and you alone. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys, give the Lord another victory praise.